Hey guys, welcome to the Drama Club. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the Arrested Development interview that makes us sad. <laughs> and then May's going to tell us all about the time Winona Ryder got caught shoplifting at Sackington Fiftington Avenue. Which makes us mad. Very mad. And then we're going to talk about the time... Snoop had to get weed in New York and had an unlikely connect, which makes us glad. Happy. Oh, oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's drama clip. What up, fam? What up, fam? Feels good, right? Good, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know it, dude. I know yeah. it, dude. And without further ado, without further ado uh, we broadcast live All right, so just a little bit of housekeeping. For all of you who listen to the Drama Club and have an Android device, you should listen to us on the Podcast Republic app. You guys should download that shit. Yep, it's an app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android devices. You can search for podcasts you want to listen to and select them as favorites and then have them all just a click away. Yeah, so definitely set the Drama Club as a favorite on Podcast Republic. And don't miss new Drama Club episodes on the Podcast Republic app. Holla. Out of this class of 40, just because it is average, two of these boys and girls will spend some part of their lives in a mental institution. I kind of wanted to give a shout out to... First of all, to all the new listeners we have who heard us on Felipe's podcast. What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening. What's up, fool? Right here with me and staff. Best hair in podcasts. <laughs> What's the name of the podcast? Drama Club. They are guests this week. Come check them out. Hell yeah. What's up, fools? What's up, fools? Uh, <laughs> I also wanted to give a special shout out to our our follower on Instagram, Feline Lion, who's having a baby any minute now. Damn. And listening to the drama club. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, we were so happy when she said that uh, she was like a million weeks pregnant. And she was she said that listening to us eased her anxiety and made her laugh. That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> Who else? IJ. Oh, yes. Listener and friend of the show, IJ, really revealed himself to be a fan of the drama club. That's awesome. I wasn't there, but I heard about it. <laughs> yeah, IJ was uh, telling me stuff from previous episodes that I'd forgotten about. So, hell yeah. Who knew? IJ, fan of the drama. He, he was particularly, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but right. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. He was particularly interested in the George Michael episode because he said he'd listened to it and like a day later had been on a long road trip. <laughs> and so he pulled up into a rest stop and he asked this guy, oh, uh, do you know like the way to the bathroom or something like that? And the guy was like, yeah, it's this way. And then he was like, also, can I see your dick? What? The guy told him that? <laughs> Yeah, the guy told IJ that. Oh, shit. I so, hate going to rest stops. Rest stops are sketchy. Yeah, they are. I I can't tell you. I, I don't think I've ever been on, at a rest stop. Oh, okay. I used to go, like, when we'd go on long trips with my parents, and then, like, every once in a while when I'm driving super long for court and it's, like, the only bathroom I could see and I have to go, I'll just, like, stop at one real fast. But truck drivers are super sketchy at them. Dude, you should get one of those... Uh, 
are they called like go girls? Do you know what that oh, is? Oh, and you just like, like stand girls. up and pee wherever. Yeah. Yep. But once you get an like a public indecency charge, <laughs> <laughs> that's feminism, dude. We gotta <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> we gotta <laughs> live with those public indecency charges. <laughs> no, you could like you could do it in the car. Oh, ew. <laughs> <laughs> interesting who else was there anybody else that we needed to shout out any specific people no not that i can think of okay well then i have a surprise for you wow i'm pumped okay and <laughs> <laughs> this is the most fake pumped i've ever been in my life uh, you should get pumped because i think that uh you would be if you knew what was coming you'd be super pumped <laughs> let's hear it Okay, it is a present. We got a pre- our podcast got a present. <gasps> this is what I've been waiting for the entire time we've been doing <laughs> podcasts. Okay, so friend of the show and listener Mig, who has a blog called Mignorant. Everybody go check it out. Mm. Mig sent over this. <gasps> oh my God! Are they royal family playing cards? No, they are royal family like baseball cards that's fucking amazing yeah i've been so we can them trade on. each other yeah exactly and <laughs> apparently he got us one pack there are 13 cards in this pack but apparently there are 110 cards in all oh my god that's amazing dude if we open this and there's a and there's a princess diana in there i feel like that's it oh we yeah won. we're gonna make money off that thank you mig that is so sweet dude should I open it, do you think? Nah, huh? Nah. Mint yeah. condition is better? Yeah, just wait. It's like a oh. beanie baby. We're going to fight a- <laughs> over it in our divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a picture of this on our social media. Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. This was a first. Thank you, Ming. I told you I had a surprise for you. I told you you should be excited. That's super, super cute. <laughs> got something on your mind, Tommy. Why don't you talk about it? Well, well I... <laughs> we all have our problems, Tommy. So, how about today's hot topic? Oh, yeah. So, we wanted to talk about the interview that the cast of Arrested Development did with the New York Times. Right? <laughs> it's the New York Times. Okay. So, this went viral pretty early on this week. Basically, the whole cast of Arrested Development was being interviewed in anticipation of their new season that hit Netflix, I think, yesterday, right? What? It dropped yesterday? Yeah, it dropped. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Well, okay. Yeah, so they're all being interviewed except for Jeffrey Tambor, right? He's not there. No, he is there. That's what makes it crazy. Yeah, all this is happening in front of him. That's fucking crazy. Well, so Jessica Walter who is his wife on the show talks about how he had blown up on her basically. Right. Like he Mm -hmm. like basically got super mad at her during filming and um, has yelled at her multiple times. And, and, you know, it's kind of really awkward and weird, but uh, Jason Bateman starts defending him. See, the thing is that Jessica Walter, Jeffrey Tambor brought up this incident in his, interview with with a Hollywood reporter uh-huh. from a couple weeks ago and so Jessica Walter was like you know since you brought up that specific incident which was apparently really bad she says that 
in her 60 years in the business that no one has ever yelled like that before at her like that before. Right. So she was like, well, Jeffrey, since you brought that up in the other interview, I feel like I suddenly feel like I'm ready to forgive you for that. And maybe we can try to be friends again. And she was saying like, I have to let it go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I have to just find a way to, you know, get past this. Apparently it's been the elephant in the room for them or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. And then Jason Bateman is saying like, well, we've all had those moments or like that happens on set all the time. Just basically making all these fuckboy excuses for Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. When Jessica Walter was saying like, I've been in this business. Jessica Walter has been in the, in the business longer than Jason Bateman has been alive. I saw those tweets. (laughs) Super funny. And he's trying to tell her how things are. Yeah. He's telling her like, he's mansplaining. Yeah. Oh, you you don't know. That's just how things are on set. We're families and he families. He seems like are a like fucking that. mansplainer. <laughs> Those are the characters that he plays, but I didn't think he was like that. Yeah, but like he seems like the because he plays the same kind of character with actors like that, I always assume like they're being typecast as like who they actually are. Because they can't right. really like act beyond that. So he seems like that. And then what's everybody else's excuse? Because all of the men, all of the men were there except for Michael Sarah. That was fucking horrible because what's-his-face starts, like, chiming in too, huh? Fucking army. (laughs) Buster. Yeah, Buster. (laughs) This fucking... (laughs) Holding a whale in his fucking hook hand. Tony Hale, who I love. I know, I love him too. That's what's so horrible about it too. I like Jason Bateman. I think it's one of those things where it's just like this, like, mob mentality when you're, like, around your friends and somebody makes an off-color joke and then the next person makes a more off-color joke or something, you know? Not yeah. that this was a joke, but I'm just I'm just trying to explain maybe the dynamic, you know? Yeah. And then she starts crying really bad. It's so sad. All that audio came out of her later, like, crying about it and they're still trying to, like, I don't get what that is. Like, she's clearly the victim in this situation. Why are you trying to, like, minimize what the fuck she's saying? She's literally right in front of you telling you how she feels. And you're like, yeah, but. Right. You know, like, why do that? I don't know. I think that they were just all trying to show uh, Jeffrey their support in a way that minimized Jessica, you know? Yeah. I think they put his happiness above hers. Uh, Yes, exactly. Yeah, but shout out to our girl, um, Alia Shawcat, Shawcat, mm-hmm. Shawcat, who tried to stand up for Jessica during the interview. And she was just like, no, she kind of tried to interrupt Jason and say like, no, that's not the way. Maybe that's the way things were, but that's not the way that they should, should be. be. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. but she got cut off by the other dudes in the cast. Anyway, they just started talking over her. So she didn't really get a chance to help end it. But. It sucks because Arrested Development is such like a cult following and it's such a like we're so happy to have it back finally, you know, like it's like kind of TV and then it's like really y'all, y'all are going to be fuck boys now. (laughs) We don't want your asses back then. Stay fucking canceled. I'm still going to watch it. Are you going to watch it? I I haven't even rewatched the the last season that they brought back was so fucking horrible. I didn't rewatch it the way you said that they recut it or whatever to make it better. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't I seen it, so I don't know. I don't know. I haven't finished watching this uh the remix is what they call it, but I'm I'm going to watch the new season. These are characters that I care about. You know, I I'm invested. Yeah, we got to see how it turns out for them. <laughs> Bad. Bad. Notice so we were trying to restrain ourselves because uh 
uh, we were mad like several weeks in a row, I think. Yeah, we got to stop being mad in the beginning. Gosh, what I don't know about the Civil War period. I haven't cracked a page in two weeks. I'm going to have to dig into this one, too. Come on over to my house tonight. Let's study it together. Oh, I just dread getting into it. Let's put it off till tomorrow. Well, all right. Tomorrow never came for Nancy. That quiz day found her completely unprepared. All right. Well, before you get started, May, let's introduce ourselves. Yes. My name is May. And my name is Stephanie. And we're the Drama Club. Hell yeah. All right, Dramatics. I want to come up with a name for our Ooh, listeners. the Dramatics. They are the Dramatics, but that's a Motown group, so we might get sued. They don't got money to sue us. <laughs> they're, and they're probably all dead yeah, anyway. They're right? all dead and broke. <laughs> they got fucked up during the Motown fuck-up of the 50s. <laughs> I would like to do an episode about that, but I don't even know how to get started. About Motown in general? No, yeah, about Motown and how, like, I mean, everybody was on heroin, and then everybody got fucked out of their rec- recording contracts. Like, they were all broke as shit. <laughs> Did you, I like the way you said heroin. <laughs> heroin. I was going to say heron. <laughs> no, heroin. <laughs> there's a, but there's a Broadway play that I'm sure breaks it down in song form, so you'll remember everything. Yeah. <laughs> And then we could sing it in unison. We could do it like a barbershop quartet about the Motown fuck up of the 1950s. Fuck Barry Gordy. Yeah. Okay, so you don't know what I'm doing this week. I don't. (laughs) But today, I'm going to give you the story of a Miss Winona Ryder. Nice. (laughs) The Saks Fifth Mishap. (laughs) <laughs> that's what that's what her story would be called if it were like a babysitter's club book or something yeah okay so Winona Laura Horowitz was born on October 29th 1971 in Winona Minnesota cute that is so funny to me that's like if my first name was Guatemala and my middle name was City so Winona had a really interesting family life growing up like her family lived on a commune with, uh, with seven other families in Northern California on like 300 acres with no electricity. Is she from Petaluma? Like, did she grow up in Petaluma? Yeah, she grew up in Petaluma. Okay. So uh, she had a bunch of siblings and half siblings. And her parents were these super cool sort of beatniks who were balls deep in the counterculture movement. So they were friends with like uh, Timothy Leary, who, as we know, is a fam- is famous for pioneering research on psychedelics and LSD, and he's also Winona's godfather. <laughs> so other family friends also included writers like Allen Ginsberg and Philip K. Dick. So since there wasn't TV or electricity on the commune, Winona spent a lot of time as a kid, kind of like in her own world and just reading. So eventually, her mom set up a film projector in a barn, and Winona started getting super interested in film. Cute. When Winona was 10, the family moved off of the commune to Petaluna, Petaluma, California, where Winona was the new kid at school at her junior high. On one of her first days there, a bunch of piece of shit bullies beat the shit out of her because they thought she was an effeminate boy. And Winona has a couple of good quotes about this event. Quote, I was wearing an old Salvation Army shop boy suit. 
as I went to the bathroom, I heard people saying, hey, fat it. They slammed my head into a locker. I fell to the ground and they started to kick the shit out of me. I had to have stitches. The school kicked me out, not the bullies. Ah, uh, that's horrible. So then she has another quote about it. She said, years later, I went to a coffee shop and I ran into one of the girls who kicked me. And she said, Winona, Winona, can I have your autograph? And I said, do you remember me? Remember in seventh grade, you beat up that kid? And she said, kind of. And I said, that was me. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so like, I'm so, this makes me so happy. I, I was never beat up or bullied or anything, but I imagine that like, this is the fucking dream, right? Like you go. Ultimate revenge. Yeah. It's the ultimate revenge. Like, fuck this bitch. Yeah. It's either this or that one scene in Selena when she's at the mall and the sales lady treats her like shit. And like the next thing you know, the whole mall is in there asking for her autograph. Yeah. Stupid stuck up bitch. And that white girl says, that's Selena. She's here for the Grammys. (laughs) Anyway, so because of this bullying event, her parents decided to homeschool her for the next year. And because of this, she became even more of an introvert. So because she'd shown an interest in film, her parents enrolled her at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, which is this really prestigious institution. I think that she... So the one co-host of my favorite murder i don't know them like i don't know i don't know who's who but the one that has like slightly longer hair and is slightly older i don't know if that's karen or if it's the other one Mm -hmm. that's karen okay well karen grew up in petaluma and like they know each other or something yeah something like like that she talks about winona Ryder all the Mm -hmm. time it's a small town Uh uh-huh okay so I got to say that I really respect Winona's parents because they clearly want to raise their family in this sort of non-traditional way, which is awesome. But it seems like they always put their kids' best interests first. Like Winona got bullied and they were like, fuck that, you're not going back there. And then after that, they encouraged her to get out there and act. So they seem, they seem pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So anyway, by 1985, she gets cast in her first film, Lucas, when she's like 13, 14, and she took the stage name Ryder. Cute. So there are a lot of things that allegedly happened on the set of Lucas that I don't want to get super into here because I think they'd fit better in an episode about Charlie Sheen or Corey Haim or Corey Feldman. Mm. Um, but I'm just going to bring it up here so that our listeners can rest assured that I know what the fuck is up because there have long been rumors that Charlie Sheen sexually assaulted Corey Haim on set. But like I said, another episode. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. That's horrible. Yeah. Is Corey Haim past, right? Corey Feldman yeah. still alive. Yeah. Corey Haim, he did. But Corey Feldman says he was molested by several men, right? Raped. Right? Yeah. Feldman says that they both were, I think. Oh, okay. Because they were homies. The Corys. Yeah. Why don't we have the same name? This would have been like a cool podcast if yeah. we were both like the Maxes, <laughs> the Walters. Okay, so Winona made another another movie in 1987 that I've never heard of called Square Dance, in which her performance apparently got great reviews and brought her to the attention of Tim Burton, who cast Aww. her in 19, who cast her in 1988's Beetlejuice as wow. a goth as goth teen and fucking icon Lydia Dietz. That's amazing. 
The film was Winona's first commercial success and put her well on her way to being a star. So she's super young when she was in Beetlejuice? Hell yeah. She was like 15 or 16, something like that. That's pretty wild. So meanwhile, Winona, now in high school, had still been the victim of bullying. When she achieved her early success in Beetlejuice, Winona said, quote, I remember thinking, oh, it's Beetlejuice, like the number one movie. This is going to make things great at school. But it made things worse. I thought she was homeschooled. No, she went. She eventually went back to school after she started like uh, she got her confidence up. But she was in the conservatory or whatever. She was only homeschooled for a year. Oh. So anyway, she said uh, it made things worse. They called me a witch. That same year, she played Veronica Sawyer in Heather's. Yeah. Which would go on to become a cult classic. I love Heather's. yeah, Heather's is fucking really cool. I wish I would have found it when I was younger. Yeah. I think the first the first time I saw it, I was I must have been like twenty-three. Yeah. Some something like that. But yeah, Heather's is fucking sick. So that same year, she also played Jerry Lee Lewis's 13-year-old wife slash cousin in Great Balls of Fire. So Winona is like 16, 17, and she's on a fucking roll. Like she's straight killing it. And all of the people that she's working with can't say enough nice things about her. They always talk about how kind and thoughtful she was and how she's like wise beyond her years. And critics keep praising her talent and versatility. So she's doing fucking awesome. Nice. In, in 1990, she was cast in four movies, including Mermaids with Cher and little baby Christina yes! Ricci. Yes! I fucking die. That's the best. I... Love, love, love mermaids. Everything about it. It's so fucking good. Cher, Cher's fucking outfits. Yeah. And she sings that one song on the credits, I think. Does he love me? I want to know. I love that song. Little Talnerin is all funky. She maxed on Jake Ryan from Pretty in Pink. Is that him? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. She wears that polka dot ass dress. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is a great movie. Okay, and it's 1990, so she's also in Edward Scissorhands with her boyfriend, Johnny Depp. So, Winona. Let's pause for a minute and talk about this. Let's just give a moment of silence for Johnny Depp around this time. (laughs) Let's all remember his chiseled chin, (laughs) dark hair, and just have a second to ourselves. (laughs) So, Johnny and Winona met in 1989 at the premiere of Great Balls of Fire, And they were my all-time favorite celebrity couple for my whole life. For my whole life. Until last year when... Was that last year already when Johnny got outed by... Outed as a fucking abuser? Your favorite celebrity couple is Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Uh, No, because... love them. You used to freak out about them when we were in college. Because before... Let's say before we found out about Johnny Depp, I still, like, stand for... Johnny and Winona, like I still ship them every single day. I would have like done anything for them to get back together. I think Angelina and Brad, oh, we're not at that level. I'm not writing fan fiction about Angelina and Brad. Okay, me. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> I lived for Johnny and Winona, and I never gave up hope that like one day they would find each other again. Oh, man. Not even when he changes tattoo. No, I see. I would probably get that tattoo as a tribute to them as a couple. Cute, <laughs> Winona forever, or no? I'd get, I'd get Wino forever. 
So, uh, yeah, they're just so fucking perfect. Crybaby, Era, Johnny Depp, and fucking Lydia Dietz. I love them. It was very painful for me to finally lay that dream to rest. (laughs) Anyway, so that same year, Winona was also cast as Mary Corleone in The Godfather Part 3. And this was like the biggest thing to happen to her career at that time. She wasn't even 20 yet, and she was about to work with Francis Ford, Francis Ford Coppola on the conclusion of like one of the greatest stories ever told on film. So she heads to Europe with Johnny to get ready for filming. And remember that this is going to be like the fourth movie that she shoots that year. And she gets super sick and she's hospitalized. She had, uh, a, severe, she had a severe respiratory infection and is basically exhausted from working so goddamn much. So she's forced to drop out of The Godfather and people in the industry start to kind of badmouth her because you know how they love to talk shit. And a lot of people say that her her career is not going to recover from this. And meanwhile, Sofia Coppola ends up taking over the role and is famously Seriously. fucking terrible in it. Yeah. <laughs> not that the movie as a whole is amazing or anything, but, you know. I but. can't even remember The Godfather Part 3 because it's so bad. Yeah, I remember uh, my favorite part is so when Sofia Coppola dies. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love Sofia Coppola, yeah, but I want to sh- cool. I want to fucking shake her sometimes. Like she makes really strange choices. Yeah. You know? Bling Ring, the fucking Bling Ring. Did we need that movie? I never no. seen it, but it was not yeah. stupid as fuck. But she <laughs> she makes fucking weird movies like that. Remember when uh What's her face? Baby Jenner was pregnant, and they were like, "We immediately need Sofia Coppola to make a movie about Kylie Jenner being nine months pregnant in her mansion by herself, or whatever." Yeah, isolating herself from social media. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of movie she would make. Yeah, and I would pay cash money to watch that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just think that, like, she's she's incredibly talented and gifted and has this amazing sense of style, but I think she just needs someone on her team to be like, no, just sometimes, you know? Yeah. I fucking, I'll, I'll join her entourage. I'll tell her no. And I think I'd get along with Kirsten Dunst. So the nineties plug along Johnny and Winona break up in 1993 after a three year engagement. Bill Clinton is now president. People are doing the Macarena or whatever. And uh, my mom was buying me hair gel at the 99 cent store. (laughs) Winona makes a bunch of movies and picks up back-to-back Oscar nominations for Little Women and Martin Scorsese's The Age of Innocence with Daniel Day-Lewis and criminally underrated queen Michelle fucking Pfeiffer. Yeah. This movie is actually based off of one of my favorite books. And fun fact, Winona plays the character of May, so shout out to her. (laughs) I was also really into Little Women, though, when I was a kid. I I love Little Women. I th- I think it was my mom's favorite book, yeah, it's so or at least sweet. or at least one of them. So I watched this movie a lot. But uh, problematic ass Susan Sarandon is in it. I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's on Netflix right now. Cute. And uh, enemy of the show Claire Danes is in it. Mm. And my future colleague Kirsten Dunst, if Sofia Coppola hires me as an advisor. In 1993, Winona heard about the abduction of a little 12-year-old girl from her hometown Petaluma named Polly Class, and she rushed to the family's side to offer any help she could provide, including a $200,000 reward for Polly's safe return. Polly was later found murdered, and Winona dedicated her performance in Little Women to her memory because Little Women was one of Polly's favorite books, and Winona remained close to Polly's family from then on. 
That's the one that they talked about on my favorite murder. Yeah. Winona was also in Reality Bites, which turned out to be a landmark film for Gen Xers. In 1993, Susanna Kaysen's autobiography, Girl Interrupted, was released, and Winona fell in love with it. She tried to make it into a movie since at least 1996, and by 1999, Winona was finally able to produce and star in the film, which famously gave us Angelina Jolie's breakout Oscar-winning role. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of the 90s, I'd say. It's really Brittany Murphy, Mm -hmm. Whoopi Goldberg, Elizabeth Moss. Who's her bae in it? Mm, It's Jared Leto, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Jared. Oh, actually, no. Don't shout out to Jared Leto. Because yeah, I'm in bad to you about Jared Leto with little girls. Yeah. So, Yeah. He's, we're, uh, he's on pause. We're investigating. We'll, we'll be back with the, with the <laughs> updated information as soon as we get it in. Right. So some people say that there's drama between Winona and Angelina because Winona was upset that Angelina stole the show from her since this was really supposed to be a vehicle for herself. But... I kind of don't see that happening based on everything we know about Winona. I, I truly, like, I don't think that she gave a fuck. Like, all she does is she loves acting and the film was her baby. So I think that she was just happy about any praise that it got, including the praise for Angelina. Yeah. I don't think that Angelina's performance takes away from, like, her being the central figure of the movie either. Yeah. Like, Angelina is really great and it. it's, like, crazy how good she is at being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still like I don't know like I still think of Winona when I think of that movie yeah because I think of like the poster or whatever yeah. or like when they're when she tries to kill herself and they're like Susanna Kaysen <laughs> Susanna Kaysen <laughs> Brittany Murphy <laughs> killing herself in that movie is fucked up oh yeah and then that song don't they yes it's the end of the world I love that song. Does, is she the one that hides the chicken corpses like in her fucking bed or something? Under her bed. That's why her room smells. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's fucking. That movie's so fucking good. If you guys haven't seen Girl Interrupted, yeah, go watch it like right now. Like, pause the podcast, yeah, go, go watch, watch Girl Interrupted. Then come back and listen to everything we just said because we know what the fuck yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> Give us a shout out and let us know how good Jared Leto looked when he was trying to put on a writer in between rounds. <laughs> um, that movie, but I saw it or I caught some of it somewhat recently and I was, it really like hit me how good because it had been a good 10 years since the last time I'd seen it. Yeah, it's and. And it hit me how fucking good that movie is. And I could not take my eyes off of Angelina Jolie. Like, of course, she became a star after this. You know? Yeah, she was so good in it. But then again, you know, I they might have drama because Angelina Jolie doesn't seem to have any friends. Oh, no. Right? Nobody likes her. She seems like a stupid <laughs> bitch. Not to mention f- female friends. Like, she definitely doesn't have any female friends. Yeah, and then she so. says that kind of like, in like I don't know I always feel like girls who say like I don't get along with other girls like it's always kind of weird yeah I wouldn't be I wouldn't be friends with a girl like that yeah so I wouldn't be surprised if she was bitchy and kind of like that might have caused them to butt heads a little bit Mm -hmm. plus Winona had like been trying to make this movie for a while right yeah this was her passion project 
So uh, Winona dates Matt Damon for a couple years around this time too. Ugh. And- <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is after Mini Driver. Oh. So- <laughs> and she was also linked to Keanu Reeves. That's pretty fucking tight, dude. That's a that would be a cute couple. Dude, they're gonna be in a movie together. Are they? Yeah, Weren't like it's about to come a- out. Yes, they Weren't were. They-, they were they were in like yeah. two together already, and this is gonna be their third yeah. one. Yeah. They could be the new um who who are you saying? Oh, Adam Sandler and and Drew Barrymore. <laughs> or um Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. How many movies have they been in together? Two. Oh no, three. Oh. I can only think of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. They were in some other stupid-ass one. <laughs> <laughs> and then a third stupid-ass stupid one. That narrows it down. Uh, <laughs> why, wasn't, why wasn't the first one that we, uh, the first couple like that that we thought of, how was it not Jennifer Lawrence and Homeboy? Bradley Cooper? Because they're whack. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but they're like the ones that are doing that of this era, you know? I guess, yeah. It's, she's like super way younger than him too, right? Oh, oh, fucking Emma Stone oh, and, and uh, what's his Ryan name? Gosling and sweater boyfriend <laughs> Ryan Gosling. I okay, I like that on screen pairing because I I like both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you feel the distaste in my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I like him. Like when I see him like perform and stuff, I'm like, he's cute. And, but he's kind of like, uh, I feel like he plays that part. Like he's too cool. Like he's too cool for everything. He's too cool to be there. He's too cool for the girl. But then he puts in an effort right at the end and everybody fucking falls for it and they're all into it. Are we talking about him as a, a person? No, I'm talking about <laughs> him in movies. Him as, like the characters that he plays. Yeah. Yeah, and that was definitely his character in Drive. <laughs> also in La La Land. Uh, that's definitely his character in La La Land, though. Okay, so now here's what we all came for. On December 12, 2001, Ryder was arrested on shoplifting charges in Beverly Hills, California. She was accused of stealing $5,560 worth of designer clothes from Saks Fifth Avenue and also possessing oxycodone, diazepam, and Vicodin without valid prescriptions. Just FYI, Winona had recently broken her arm on the set of the Adam Sandler movie, Mr. Deeds. Mm. And that's why she'd been on the painkillers. And she's always dealt with anxiety since she was a kid and had been pretty open about it. And that's why she was on the anti-anxiety meds. But she does admit that she'd spent more or less the previous three weeks, in her words, over-medicated for the broken arm. That's wild to me that all of this happened as a result of a fucking Adam Sandler movie. She stole so, as um, a result of an Adam Sandler movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she was off her mind on drugs because of the broken arm that she sustained on set. <laughs> so... So among the stolen items were a $760 Marc Jacobs thermal top, a $540 Notori handbag, a $750 Yves Saint Laurent blouse, and a pair of Donna Karen cashmere socks worth $80. This also has the distinction of being the first post 9-11 never forget celebrity scandal. 
So this was kind of uh, one of the first, you know, relatively silly things that the media started covering and that people actually cared about. And the L.A. district attorney got eight prosecutors and filed four felony charges against her. Winona was about 30 or so, so she was more or less our age when all this was going down, which is fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine being our age and going through this shit. It must have been fucking dense. So Winona hired celebrity defense attorney Mark Garagos. When they failed to reach a plea bargain because the DA refused to accept a no-contest misdemeanor plea, the case went to trial at the end of 2002. I remember this trial distinctly because I was a freshman in high school and I went to Catholic school. So most of my classes began with a prayer. And I had this one teacher who would ask, uh, she would ask us who we wanted to pray for that day. And everyone would always be like, Ugandan orphans or whatever. And every day I would always say I wanted to pray for Winona Ryder. Nice. <laughs> Also, Winona did not fucking play when it came to her wardrobe at that trial. And that sort of became a story in and of itself. Every day she'd come in dressed in like head to toe early 2000s Marc Jacobs and like serving look after look after look. I was fucking obsessed. So jurors were shown videotape of Ryder moving through the store and putting shit in her bag. And SAC security workers testified that after she was detained... She apologetically told them a director had told her to shoplift to prepare for a movie role. Nice. I think I think she tried to say that the movie that she was preparing for was Shop Girl, which if you've seen that movie, there was no shoplifting in it. So <laughs> I think uh, she was like doing that thing where you kind of like scan your brain. She was like shoplifting, shop, sh shop girl. Yes, shop girl. That's the one. <laughs> At the start of her shopping trip, she paid more than $3,000 for a jacket and two blouses. The defense claimed Ryder believed the store would keep her account open while she shopped and would charge her later. But there was no evidence of an account. <laughs> Ryder was convicted of grand theft, shoplifting, and vandalism, but was acquitted on a charge of burglary. In December 2002... She was sentenced to three years probation, 480 hours of community service, $3,700 in fines, and $6,355 in restitution to sex, and ordered to attend psychological and drug counseling. This, there was this really dramatic moment during the sentencing hearing when her attorney referred to her work with the Poly Class Foundation and other charitable causes in response to... Deputy District Attorney Ann Rundle said, quote, what's offensive to me is to trot out the body of a dead child. And then Winona got visibly upset. She jumped out of her seat and it seemed like she was about to say something, but she caught herself and she sat back down. And then the, the prosecutor was admonished by the judge for the statement. And outside the courthouse, Polly, Polly Class's father, Mark Class, he defended Winona and he was basically outraged at what the prosecutor had said. So I also have mixed feelings about her sentence. I do kind of feel that it was sort of overkill. And a few years later, a judge reviewed the case and all the felonies were dropped down to misdemeanors. So like, I, I pity her. They were obviously trying to make an example out of her. But let's not pretend that if she was like a black woman or really any other minority that she would have been treated any better. So... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the sentence that she got. Yeah. 
And also the judge said some weird shit during sentencing. He said something like, oh, what am I supposed to sell? What am I supposed to tell my son about the way that you've behaved or some shit like that? Like, huh? what the fuck? Like, what, what does his son have anything to do? Like, Winona Ryder has to raise your son or what? Yeah. Who cares what your son's opinion on Winona Ryder is? You know, yeah. I don't know. Was, this is the same judge that Lindsay Lohan appeared in front of a few times. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there's a like a type of like a sort of rate my professor thing for judges? No, but that makes sense. That's scary also mm. for them. Mm. So a few years later, Winona said that she'd been cl- clinically depressed and that her doctor at the time was a quack who overmedicated her and clouded her judgment. The doctor later had his license revoked for quote unethically catering to the demands of wealthy and or famous drug seekers uh-uh. for prescription narcotics, which would otherwise have to be obtained on the street. <sighs> a couple years ago, Winona gave an interview and said, I think a lot of people think that that is sort of what sent me off in another direction, but I was actually starting to have some trouble a few years before. With many in the industry hearing rumors of trouble coming, job offers had sort of slowed down. Quote, I did come up against what I felt like was a wall, and with what happened, I really needed time off, which ended up being a couple of years. In a weird way, it was almost like the best thing that could have happened because I'd never asked myself the question before of, is it okay that I'm not going to act? Is there anything else? Because that was all that I really knew. For a long time, people who did want to cast her in stuff couldn't because she was uninsurable due to having so many felony convictions. Wow. So basically, she, so because she essentially hit rock bottom in such a public way, she took the time away from the spotlight that she needed to take care of herself and discovered that she really did love acting. So she came back and made a bunch of well-received appearances in films and is currently starring in Stranger Things on Netflix. She also, she's also apparently been with some dude I've never heard of since 2011, who on the rare occasion when he photographs well is a motherfucking snack. <laughs> his, his name is Scott McKinley Hahn. And most of the pics on him on, on Google aren't very flattering. But when you get to a good one, like, zam. <laughs> good for you, Winona. So all in all, I think this is a happy ending for our girl Winona. She went through some shit and and then she, it ended with what ultimately seems like a cry for help. And, you know, she came out on the other side of it and she seems seemingly happy and seemingly healthy. So I love her. Good for her. I'm happy for her. I I will admit that I don't think that her acting is particularly great. But she just has, you know, whatever it is, she has it because I enjoy watching her on screen. Yeah, she's cute. I guess it's true. After Mr. Deeds, she really didn't do much for a while there. She was in some, like, uh, indie movie with James Franco that was really weird. What? they Were were they a love interest or something? Yeah, they macked and stuff. But he was macking on, like, everybody in that movie also. Oh. Oh, she also does a lot of work and donates a lot of money to, like, charities for first nations people the biggest foundation she's a part of they give money to first nations kids so that they can attend college for free which i think is super cool yeah that's awesome that's super helpful her man is a snack yeah not in every picture though huh yeah his hair's kind of weird 
And I'm like, he dyes it too much or something? I don't know. Because uh, he's like a salt and pepper fox. Yes. Good for you, Winona. She's bomb. I love her. Yeah, she's got a bomb look. And she's like stayed bomb. She never like really. Her, she's aged very well. Yeah. she's She looked so young for most of her career. It's like since Stranger Things where I think that she looks a tiny bit older. That's how I feel about like Jennifer Aniston. Like she looked the same forever. Like the same, the same, the same, the same, the same, the same. And then all of a sudden now she's kind of starting to age. Yeah. It was more jarring, I think, to see Jennifer Aniston for some reason. Yeah. She's been in the spotlight for so long. Winona took a break after she jacked all that clothes and blamed it on Adam Sandler. (laughs) Imagine you jack a bunch of clothes and then you're like, it's Adam Sandler's fault. If I were the judge, I'd be like, all right, that sounds plausible. It's stupid that they didn't make her just pay that shit back. Like, Saks didn't want to just, like, cut a fucking deal with her. Like, dude, I'll just pay for it. 55 Gs or 5,500, you know? Yeah. I think that because she was trying to say, like, oh, no, uh, this is, I'm doing it for a role or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think she shot herself in the foot because she started giving excuses. Well, and they took the opportunity for all that, like, free publicity, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Go see Shop Girl with Claire Danes and Steve Martin. I love Shop Girl. (laughs) Hawat likes Shop Girl because he likes What's-His-Face. Not Steve Martin. The other guy. Jason yeah, he's like he's so fucking weird in that movie. <laughs> he's so yeah. he's so random. Do you remember my little cottage? Yeah, Claire Claire Danes. Her apartment in that movie is on the same street. Oh, how cute! Shop girl. <laughs> Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin wrote that story, right? Yeah, he wrote the novella. I think. Yeah, it's it's funny because he is the one character that kind of doesn't make sense. Like it should have been a different guy. Like I don't, you think? I don't believe him as like that suave, older like oh. guy. Like he, I'm just like motherfucker, do something goofy because <laughs> this doesn't go for you. <laughs> I think I don't know. I buy it. Yeah, you think somebody would fall for Steve Martin as a rich guy? I would fall for Steve Martin. <laughs> he looks like my dad. No, he doesn't. He's got all white hair like that. <laughs> do you like Ted Danson? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I like those white-haired old men. Really? You like Ted Danson? I think that Ted Danson, yeah, he's like he's kind of attractive now. No, I don't like that. Guy. I didn't I didn't like him when he was older. I mean, when he was younger, I didn't really like Cheers Ted Danson now. Who's what's his face on uh who's Lisa Rena's husband? Oh, that's the guy from Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Harry Harry yes. Harry Rena. <laughs> Hamlin, Harry Hamlin, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, now there's a, a silver fox, John Slattery. Oh yeah, is is um fucking is Rob Lowe a silver fox now? He might be. I didn't know that Rob Lowe was like sober, like he had issues or whatever. Hell yeah, I, that's gonna be a whole ass. Episode. I didn't fucking know that. I don't know why. Like I never knew that. Yeah. I guess I didn't really that, care about Rob Lowe much. <laughs> he disappeared for several years because of that shit, too. Really? Yeah. 
Like Robert Downey Jr. had a short period like that also. Yeah, but everybody knows about his because he was with SJP. Yeah, Rob Lowe is a silver fox. I feel like any time Robert Downey Jr. or Sarah Jessica Parker are promoting a movie, they bring it up. Like their time together and his drug addiction and all that stuff. Oh, really? I've never really heard her talk on mm-hmm. it, speak on it. I wanted to uh, do, <laughs> now that I think about it, a hot topic. Actually, no. This is going to be a whole episode on John Travolta. Uh, because did you know that I think it's John Travolta's wife that was shot by Robert Downey Jr.? What? <laughs> or, no. It was John Travolta's wife was shot by Charlie Sheen. No way. Charlie Sheen oh, is God. fucked up. Yeah, it, it is Kelly Preston. <laughs> Charlie Sheen shot her. Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. And he molested Corey Haim? Is like the T? Yeah, that's the T. Jesus. He yeah. lives in Claremont. He does? Why? I don't know. That's so random, right? Yeah. I'm going to do some more uh, research on that Corey Haim thing because I feel like, yeah. Yeah, the Corys have some drama. Mm-hmm. Corey Feldman was like, the- saying that he was going to, he did say, right? Like who molested him finally? It was like some uh, manager or something from the 80s. I, yeah, I think so. But I think he was going to start naming names of other like people currently doing it. And but shit. then did he ever do it or no? No, I think he started a Kickstarter or something to make a documentary about it. I'm not sure where it went from there. Yeah, he was asking for money to actually make the movie and also for protection for himself. Oh, fuck. Because once he starts naming names, I guess he's worried. That he's going to get killed? Yeah. Fuck. They're, the Corys are a very strange story, and then you sprinkle a little Michael Jackson in there <laughs> just to make it a little weirder. <laughs> We were just watching this thing with Hoel's mom about Michael Jackson, and it was like, it's like this creepy interview of him from like the 80s, and he's like, what's wrong with sharing your bed with your friends and eating chocolate chip cookies and milk in bed? And it's like, Michael, (laughs) it's really wrong (laughs) when you're an adult male, and these are like young, strange boys. (sighs) I don't know. How are we going to do a Michael Jackson episode? No, we can't. Episode? I was thinking about that, too, when I was watching that thing with her. I was like, man, this there's so much fucking crazy shit about him because he has body dysmorphic disorder. Yeah. Like, a pedophile. He's a cra- yeah. famous singer and, like, a child star. And, like, his dad abused him, right? Like, his dad used to beat yeah. the shit out of him. Yeah. It's like, he has so much tea, but it's like, we need, like, four fucking episodes to talk about it. <laughs> we'll have to do we'll, we'll have to do like collaborate on a michael jackson yeah. episode and uh maybe we'll do that for like a holiday yeah, like or a something christmas, that's gonna be a christmas special <laughs> christmas <laughs> michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> well that fucking documentary was wild because it said that um when he got his fro on fire in that pepsi commercial remember yeah, that, that's yeah. what started his painkiller addiction. Yeah, I knew that. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. And then he went to Betty Ford and he tried to shake that shit. He admitted it on Oprah or whatever. See, that's why I only fuck with Coca-Cola. Because <laughs> Pepsi ruined Michael. One time I was hitting our bong in college. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to... <laughs> 
<laughs> you tried? I was, I was trying to think of a way to say that that wasn't that. Gardening that, in our garden. I was hitting our bong in college after I had just put a bunch of hairspray on. And then when I... <laughs> <laughs> when I when I hit the ball, I was engulfed in a ball of fire. Oh my god! No way! Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, sounds wild. Yeah, it was real scary, and I was just like, "You ever?" The other day, I was thinking, like, you know, what would be really anxiety-inducing if somehow you went to sleep and you had a dream or you were shown a, a movie of all the times you came close to death. No, me. Why are you thinking about that? Oh my god! It's crazy to me. I was watching Inception this morning, and uh, yeah, fucking. There's one part where like uh, somebody's talking and like somebody grabs like a gun behind their back, like they're maybe gonna kill this fool. And then, like, he says something like, oh, let's go to this next room. So then they put the gun down. I wonder how often that fucking happens and you don't know. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, Like, that you were about to die. Like, someone might, like, have, like, you're, like, talking to some person that you think is totally normal, but maybe they're, like, about to fucking kill you. And then you, like, kind of deflect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You save yourself at the last minute somehow. Yeah. Fuck that, man. I don't want to yeah. know about that shit. I'll never leave my house That's again. Fuck that. I'm not talking what to if, anybody anymore. What if some, What if someone put together like a 40-minute highlight reel of like all the times in your life where that happened? And you found out about that time I tried to kill you back in 2009. Yeah. <laughs> I see you put the knife down or whatever. <laughs> You're like going for the last donut or something. <laughs> I'm going to take you out. And then I offered then I offered to split the donut with you. Uh, yeah, and I put it down slowly. Okay. <laughs> you put it down. I guess all's well that ends well. Why were we talking so, about I don't know. You started talking about it. Yes. The people around here are learning some of the basic rules for staying in good mental health. First rule is don't bottle up your emotions like love, fear, anger express them naturally. Of course, emotions like anger have to be expressed with consideration for others. Okay, well, I wanted to tell you something, and this could potentially be our quickie. My okay. brother listens to a bunch of podcasts, and he listens to, um, what's the name of that curly-haired guy we don't like? <clears throat> Who? He's an interviewer. Famous. Howard Stern. Oh, Howard Stern. Yeah, okay. He listens to Howard Stern's interviews and Snoop was on like uh last week. So by the time this episode drops, it'll be two weeks prior. And Snoop is like, I want to tell you something, uh, you know, Howard, like, and I never told anybody about this before, but because they're talking about like weed and like how it used to be so hard to get weed and now it's like crazy easy to get weed. And Snoop is like, mm-hmm. Yeah, actually I got a story I want to tell you, and I never told anybody this before, but one time I was in New York for SNL and I was like the guest on the show for that weekend or whatever. And I didn't know anybody in New York. So, you know, all my connects are back in LA and I didn't have anybody who could bring me weed out in New York, but I needed to get high, you know? So I called up my boy Tupac because I knew that he was in New York. And I was like, Pac, I need like, you know, like, let me get a gram or something. Like, do you know anybody out here? Because he had like lived on the East Coast briefly or whatever. And Pac was like, oh, yeah, bro, I got you. Like, I'll come through right now and I'll drop some off for you. Don't worry about it. And Snoop was like, cool. So then like 
Pac rolls up in his car and he's like, hey, Snoop, I'm outside. Like, come outside and grab this real quick. And Snoop said he goes outside of SNL Studios or whatever, goes to the street and Tupac is in a convertible with fucking Madonna and he drops <laughs> off weed <Yeah>. for him. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, my God. That's fucking like, crazy, <laughs> right? And, and he's like, at this time, everybody was kind of speculating whether Pac was really with Madonna. It was like kind of like the rumor at the time, but nobody had really confirmed it or anything. But straight up, Material Girl was in his front seat. <laughs> and then Pac came out and was like, hey, man, I got to go because, you know, I got this chick with me. And Snoop was <laughs> like, all right, well, thanks, you know. <laughs> That's so fucking wild. That's, That's the plug. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yo, if that was our plug in in college, yeah, Tupac and Madonna, <laughs> fuck, yeah, damn, that's tight, super tight. Hell yeah, I kind of uh, give it up to Madonna for not talking about that relationship that much. I think that she, if he hadn't died, I think that she would probably talk about it all. I think she wouldn't be able to shut up about it. Yeah, but because he but died, I think she, yeah, yeah, true. Anyways, I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's real fucking cool. I wonder what kind of car he was. I know, driving. right? Yeah. And I wonder where they were That's going. Madonna definitely only had $35 in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and she shared an apartment with four other girls. That's tight. Yeah. Okay, guys. That's the drama club. Thanks for listening. Go watch Girl Interrupted. <laughs> and Mermaids. Literally go watch any Winona Ryder movie. because she's Not Mr. Deeds. Fucking awesome. Not Mr. Deeds. We, we boycott Mr. Deeds from now on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. However, whatever with your helmet.